Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus. Right here on our website, this is the third in the series of teachings on holy instructions for end-time believers. Holy instructions for end-time believers. We are studying from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 10, and then, uh, well, really, it's the whole chapter. There will be principles brought out of chapter 4, beginning with verse 7 and on down. We're going to just read verse 7 today and get our third principle. We talked about the first two, being sober and watching unto prayer. Listen to verse 7 of First Peter 4, 7 through 10. It says, but the end of all things is at hand be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer and now remember this verse in verse 8 of first peter 4 is always on the top shelf. Say it with me, top shelf. Amen. Remember what the scripture said about love, divine love, charity as it's rendered in the King James, but it is beyond just giving to the poor or giving to some need needy person. It's not that kind of charity. Uh, it is a divine agape love that it is speaking of. Uh, and the Bible said we're to follow uh, after after faith and hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. It's always on the top shelf. If I speak with the tongues of men and angels, have not love. It's sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. If I have faith to remove a mountain, you see the the prominent, predominant place of love uh, in the development of the character of Christ within us. The first fruit and foremost fruit of the Spirit is love. And every other uh, blessing of, of, of that kind of love and operation uh, brings forth the kindness and the goodness and the meekness and the patient because love suffereth long. It, it doesn't wish anyone any ill. Love is the fulfilling of the law. Praise God. Thou shalt love the Lord with all thine heart and thou shalt love thy neighbor. As thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. That's why it says in verse 8 and above all things, always on the top shelf, have fervent charity, fervent agape love among yourselves. For charity, this kind of divine love, shall cover a multitude of sins. Amen. I want to read that from First Peter 4 and verse 8. It said, and above all things, have fervent charity among yourself, for charity shall cover a multitude of sins. Read it from the Amplified. Above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins. Forgiveness forgives and disregards the offenses of others. I want to read that again. You know, you know, someone, someone has said something that it's kind of funny, but it's not funny because of the truth of it. It's, they said this, they said, we're living with the saints above. <laughs> Won't that be glory? But living with the saints below, now that's a different story. Amen. Listen, friend of mine, if there's one great thing that is needed 
in the body of Christ today. It's the kind of love that will keep us unified, keep us from being divided, keep us from being divisive, keep us in a state of constant forgiveness of of perceived uh, offenses or even genuine offenses so that we cannot let the enemy use each other to be a hindrance and a stumbling block to the work of the kingdom of God. Divide and conquer has always worked as a principle for any circumstance or situation, and spiritually it works exceedingly well. The devil knows. Uh, well, he, Jesus said it, didn't he? A house divided against itself can not stand. And if there's, we need unity today. We all agree we need unity. But if we're going to have unity, we're going to have to have this kind of agape love, this quality of love that is more than just human love, this religious brand that's ready to quit you over any offense, divide over any uh, peripheral point of doctrine. I'm not talking about the cardinal truths that we need to stand true to and, if necessary, divide over. I'm talking about those peripheral things that are not vital to salvation. Amen. How dare some ministers of today disqualify millions of believers because we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe that healing is for today. We believe the Holy Ghost is available to to fill us, not just come to live within us and mark us as believers, but, but to come and fill us, to whelm us, to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, and to be not to be discounted and discredited, and, and to be called uh, of the devil literally, and and told we are not even saved if we believe those things and we practice those things. What what a day of division in the body of Christ, friend of mine. I want you to know right now we are living in the last days, and we can't afford to be divided you know wagon trains in the west they they if they were under threat from from savages who uh, and marauders not just indians but anyone who wanted to rob and pillage them as they traveled they would be traveling in a straight line until a threat like that came and then they circled the wagons and they all fought together for one another Amen. And it was very difficult to defeat them because you couldn't come at any angle because somebody always had somebody else's back. And we need each other's back today. We need to stand true to God and we need to stand in fervent love for one another. I want to read that again because it's time to circle the wagons. Can I get an amen in this this listening audience today? It's amplified. I like it. It says, above all things, have intense. That's what fervent means. Actually, this word fervent to water, it would be to boil. And, and, and for, for metal, it would mean to glow. And that's why the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Amen. Listen, above all things, top shelf, have intense and unfailing love for one another. For the love, this agape love, covers a multitude of sins, forgives and disregards the offenses of others. 
How many Christians are carrying a grudge? How many Christians are walking in unforgiveness? How many Christians are allowing the devil to use them to be divisive? You know, the Bible says of things that God hates because of, of, of how, how dangerous these sins are. Number one on the list of seven is pride. And down at the bottom of number, uh, number seven is he that sows discord among the brethren. Amen. Divide. Don't ever let the devil use you to be divisive. Amen. Because he wants to conquer us and we need to circle the wagons. Amen. This word fervent, this English adjective is defined as having or showing great emotion or warmth. But the Greek word here, only here in the New Testament, E-K-T-E-I-N-S, I won't try to pronounce it, has a somewhat different connotation. It comes from the verb, which means to stretch out. It suggests the taut muscle of a strenuous and sustained effort. <laughs> you know, it's almost true, isn't it? The bumper sticker I've seen, God loves you and... I'm trying. Amen. Well, I want to tell you something. If we commit ourselves, if we stretch out, you know, I've heard many messages on stretching out your faith to believe for your healing, stretching out your faith to see mighty breakthroughs and miracles, to, to get your faith moving and stretch it out. But I haven't heard a message lately. I don't recall a message on stretching out your love to accommodate people that are unloving and unkind many times. Amen. Proverbs 10:12 says it very clearly. It says hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covereth all sins. And friend, it is this love that enables us to forgive one another, to forget offenses, to find common ground. I worked for Tampa Electric for years, and I was bivocational at that time in my early ministry. And on our three-man crew that went out and worked on the lines, uh, we had a Baptist adult Sunday school teacher, which was my foreman, and the lead lineman, which I was subject to both of these, amen, he, he, he was a Church of Christ Sunday school teacher, and I was a Pentecostal preacher as the third person on that crew. And I'm going to tell you, a Baptist Sunday school teacher, a Church of Christ Sunday school teacher, and a Pentecostal preacher, there are the ingredients for, amen, for wars and rumors of wars. If we, as brothers in Christ, didn't find common ground and respect each other's perspectives, we didn't have to agree with every bit of everything each other believed, but we could agree on the important thing, and that is without Christ, we could never go to heaven. And we have come to know Jesus Christ as our sovereign and our Savior. We have become his disciples. We have repented of our sins and committed ourselves to follow him. And that made us brethren in the family of God, not denominationally compatible with every bit of each other's belief systems, 
But I'm going to tell you something. We had unity because we didn't allow our our differences to keep us from loving each other, praying for one another. We had a praying crew, and we prayed together before we went out every morning. Now, friend of mine, some of the leaders of each one of these ministries probably couldn't have done that if you got the leaders of the of the denominations together. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. When brothers get together without people trying to be divisive, we find common ground and we found it. <laughs> and I accepted them and they accepted me and we unified and prayed together and we were known as a crew at Tampa Electric that had the blessing of God upon it. Actually, my foreman went on to teach uh, the new uh, employees that come in safety. And he said, he, I actually saw him in the wall. He was six foot six. Uh, he was a big man. And he saw me in a mall one Christmas years after I went into full-time ministry. He ran across the, the mall, grabbed me, and t- to hug me, he picked me up all the way off the ground. Amen. And, as, and, and, and he said, I want to tell you something, Rev. He said, listen, he said, every graduating class from my school uh, that prepares people coming in to Tampa Electric to go out and work on the lines and do it safety, every graduating class, I tell them the story of how the three of us prayed together and how God blessed us to do our work safely and do it more efficiently because we ask for God's help. And he said, and I do it unashamedly. Friend of mine, I want you to know God wants us to find common ground. And even within our own denominational structures and our own uh, our own denominational systems there are there's division and there's jealousy and there's unforgiveness i'm not letting the cat out of the bag the cat is not in the bag it's been clear down through the years that the christian community well <laughs> they used to say of us this is the only army in the world that kills its own wounded. Doesn't mean we should be soft on sin. It doesn't mean that if someone fails to repent that we shouldn't have a, 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 a communion with them. No, it means that we are always to try to find common ground and uh, and without giving up any ground in terms of the truth of God in our lives and in the Bible as we understand it. But we need to recognize each other if we have come to Christ as our Savior, as brothers and sisters within the same family. Brother or brethren, I'm told, is, 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 is mentioned uh, for over 400 times in some form in the new covenant. Now that is saying something, isn't it? Amen. God is emphasizing something. The Holy Spirit is is pointing to something, 
through the scriptures. And in every instance of brother, brethren, and other situations where it's, it's indicated, the root word is from the same womb. From the same womb. This, this, this is not just brothers in, in, the, in the sense of community. No, this is literally family, familial relationships. Amen. We're from the same womb of the gospel. Praise God. I used to tell people, well, regardless of your religious background, if you truly have been born again, come to know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. We're womb mates. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, friend of mine, I'm, I'm a non-compromising preacher. And as you listen, you're going to hear that I stand where I stand and I'm still standing today on the truth of the Word of God. Amen. And I will not compromise His truth. But I'm going to tell you something right now. If we don't circle the wagons, if we don't circle the wagons, we're all going to lose battles with the enemy of our soul. So today, amen, it is vitally important to you and to me that we check our hearts and make sure there is no unforgiveness. You know, the Bible said, forgive one another. For if we don't forgive one another, the Father in heaven will not forgive us. The enemy knows that. He wants us to be at that kind of disadvantage when we need God's grace in our life. We cannot receive it because we haven't been gracious to someone else. When we need God's mercy in our life, we can't have it unless we give mercy to others and show mercy to others. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. But judge not that you be not judged, for the same judgment that you meet without is going to be meted to you again. This is a, this is a law, a spiritual law of sowing and reaping, and it cannot be broken, and the devil knows that. The Apostle Paul was so concerned about that over some issue in the church that he said, whoever you forgive, we forgive. In other words, we're not going to, we don't even need to know the details. We, we automatically move into forgiveness. Whoever you forgive, we forgive, lest Satan should get an advantage over us. Amen. You see, he, he is a master of, of, of spiritual law. He knows if we're right with God, he can't touch us. Amen. He knows if we submit ourselves to God and resist him, he has but one recourse, and that is to flee from us. He jolly, can I say that? Jolly well. I don't think it's too bad a thing, is it? Amen. I'm not British, but I'm, I, I, I'm part of seven brothers that come from me. He knows it. Maybe I better not say jolly well. I don't know what, what that connotates in Britain, but I'm going to tell you here in America, it don't sound very bad comparatively, but he knows it. He dog, I'll say doggone. I think I can say sanctified and say doggone. He doggone sure knows, amen, that if we're right with God, he can't get us to, to in any sense of his destruction. He can't do it. He can't 
touch us if we have on God's armor and we have God's favor. That's why the scripture said, before you're taught your authority over the devil, you got to get some authority over yourself. Amen. <laughs> oh, hold on a minute. Listen, I want you to hear this clearly today. People want to go to a seminar and learn the authority of the believer so they can take authority over the devil. But authority over the devil begins with authority over self. It doesn't say resist the devil, he'll flee from you because you, you're baptized in the Holy Ghost and you have authority and you know how to use the name of Jesus in that authority and you have great faith. It does not start with that, does it? It says submit yourself unto God. And what we're reading right now is instructions from the Word of God. And when it talks to you and me as believers about forgiveness, and it talks about fervent love for one another, and it talks about forgetting the offenses of each other, a friend of mine, it is up to us to submit ourself unto God and forgive. It is up to us to submit ourselves unto God and forget that offense. And then, from that posture of bowing to the authority of Christ as as our Lord, not just our Savior, as our Sovereign as well, as we bow to Him, and we follow His example, and we listen to the teachings of the Word of God, and we apply them, we give heed to them. Amen. It's going to change so much in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. When we get rid of the things that divide us, and we come together and circle the wagons, I'll have your back, and you'll have my back. Amen. And we will, we will, we will take authority over our own speech. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that that is good for edifying. That means to build up. That's why we're, we're coming together. Assembling together is not just within your little group, your denomination per, per se, uh, your, your little clique, if you want to call it that. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as believers, universally, collectively. Amen. As the manner of some is. It's not just about not going to your church within your denomination. It's about recognizing the universal body of Christ. Not just the narrow vision that we sometimes get. You know, it's <laughs> many times people have said, I believe in fellowship as long as we're all in the same ship. Well, we can't keep that attitude. We need each other and we need to stand unified uh, about the truth of the gospel, about Jesus being the only way to God. We need to be non-compromising, but we need to find common ground within the context of absolute commitment to the truth of Scripture. Amen. And there are things that could keep us apart if we focused on those things, but they are not vital to our salvation and they are not vital to our victory. There are people that believe in the in the pre-tribulation rapture. There are people that do not believe 
that the rapture will occur until the end. We can still come together. I've often told people on the way up, you'll see that I was right. But having said that, amen, I can, I can embrace my brother who doesn't see that, that, that event the way I see that event. Both of us with scripture to support our view. And we just have to ask believers to, let's just come together and let us both give you our perspective. Open your Bible, open your heart, read the scripture that we're supporting our point of view on and see what the Holy Spirit tells you. Praise God. Amen. We don't have to necessarily take sides, but we do have to realize that there is a body of Christ. And you know what the Bible calls the body of Christ? A building fitly framed together for a habitation of God by the Spirit. Hallelujah. A building, one building, one body. We've all, if you're a true Christian, amen, if you've been born again, if Christ is truly your Savior, have you having repented of your sins and received Him as such, Amen. The Bible said we have been baptized by one spirit into one body. In fact, it goes on to teach in the scriptures that we now collectively as believers are the body of Christ and his members in particular. Glory be to God. Friend of mine, I want you to know we are womb meat womb mates today amen if we are truly a christian today and we believe the word of god and we receive the word of god and and we we march to the beat of a different drummer today amen glory to god have fervent love for one another listen christians do not stand together in agreement because of perfect character but rather because of perfect love. And the devil's devices to divide and conquer are destroyed by divine love. You know why? Because charity, this divine kind of love, shall cover a multitude of sins. It forgives and disregards the offenses of others. Hallelujah. I'm going to say something today. I hope you can amen this. We're all imperfect. If you think you're perfect, that thought itself is a terrible, terrible imperfection because it's born out of pride and self-exaltation. We are all imperfect. And sometimes because of that, we're abrasive and abusive to one another. Sometimes we clash when we should be cooperating. We're quick to sever relationships. To break fellowship and unity is lost. But the power of the Holy Spirit is available to enable every child of God to develop a divine love, an agape kind of love that will not bow or bend to Satan's will to divide and to conquer. Amen? Listen, I'm going to tell you a 
true story here. It came out of world, the one of the, well, actually, World War II at Dunkirk when, when the, the British army and forces were, were, had the sea at their back and an overwhelming force of, of German soldiers that closing in on them. It would have been the biggest slaughter uh, of the war uh, had not there been boats sent and everyone that could put anything in the water crossed the channel to get soldiers off of that beach. And here's what a British soldier said who had gone through this terrible ordeal of Dunkirk during World War II. When safely back in England was asked, what did it feel like? out there on the beach, with the sea in front of you and the German army in back of you and bombs overhead. And he answered, and I quote, It was a strange feeling, but I felt that every man on that beach was my brother. What a strange feeling. Amen. Every, they all had something in common. They were facing a common enemy and they had a common sense of impending doom without something occurring. They all related to one another in a way that only soldiers sometimes can find that kind of bond. Listen, friend of mine, many stories. I grew up during the Vietnam era, and there are many stories uh, where where uh, men of different religious backgrounds and cultural backgrounds and color backgrounds, amen, found this common ground, this camaraderie, and they no longer had the the kind of 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 attitudes that they had before they came into the service and they had each other's back and depended on one another for their victory and for their safety. God help us today to stand together in this critical hour. We are in a spiritual battle. That's why when Epaphroditus came to Paul, the church sent a man to represent them, to bring a gift to him. And instead of the gift of an offering while he was in prison, it was the man himself that was such an encouragement to Paul because he fell sick on the way to bring the gift, almost died, but got up in his weakness and continued to, to go to the destination to be a blessing to the Apostle Paul when he was in prison. And the Apostle Paul said this in the Scripture. He said, I don't know who he was. I don't know what station he holds in the church or in the organ, in the, in the, in the, in the Christian community that he came from to do this. But I've met this man. And he said, here's what he is to me. He's my brother. Hallelujah. He's my companion in labor. And he is my fellow soldier. Listen, if you're a Christian today, I want to tell you what you should be to me and what I consider you to be to me. Number one, you're my brother. Number two, we're struggling together. Amen. We're against the wind, against the grain. We're living counterculture today. You're my fellow soldier fighting the good fight of faith. Amen. And, and, and you are, are, are with me in the work of the kingdom of God. You're my brother, my companion in labor. 
I'm not doing this by myself. We're all in the harvest field. We're all working together for the same God and the same Lord Jesus and the same harvest to bring it in. Hallelujah for the glory of God today. Amen. A friend of mine, if we lock our arms and we forgive one another and we forget anything that keeps us apart and we decide we're going to work together to build the kingdom, further the kingdom, honor the king. Hallelujah. In that context, I believe the Holy Spirit's going to be so pleased. He won't be quenched and he won't be grieved by our attitudes. And he therefore will be released in a flood of agape love flowing within and back and forth between each and every one of us and out to a gainsaying world. And by this shall all men know, <laughs> hallelujah, that you are my disciples. If you have love, this kind of love, one to another. Glory be to God. Well, friend of mine, I want to be a witness. How about you today? I want to be part of that that works together with God to the bringing in of a mighty harvest of souls today. Praise God. And I want you to know that the Holy Spirit stands ready to shed that kind of love. That's agape love is shed abroad. It's like a sprinkler system coming on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. A rainbird that keeps going round and round and round and round. That kind of a sprinkler. Uh, he shed abroad the love of God in our hearts. So when we're seeking power from on high through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, let's remember that His very presence in our life promises the ability to love each other and to love the world just like God has loved it. Hallelujah. Because it'll be His kind of love. It is the foundational, fundamental, qualifying <laughs> fruit of the Spirit is love. Then joy. Then peace. It, in the gifts of the Spirit. Without this fruit of the Spirit, the rest of it is made null and void. Though I have faith to remove mountains, though I speak in tongues of men and angels, amen, though I have wisdom to understand all mysteries and have not this kind of love, I'm nothing. I am nothing, amen, because I, I cannot represent the true kingdom of God and as surely I will misrepresent it. And the devil will use that to turn people off <laughs> instead of compel them to come in. Well, today, if you're not a Christian, I pray that you will not let the failures of the Christian faith today in many sectors to show the true kingdom of God and the king of that kingdom. We apologize to you for our failures. And we repent today of our failures. And in particular, our failure to love each other and to love you like God has loved you. Greater love than this hath no man than he would lay down his life for his friends. There's no greater love Friend of mine, today, if you're a Christian, it's time 
that we circle the wagons. It's time that we forgive. It's time that we forget. And forgetting the things, therefore, that are behind and reaching forth to the things that are before. We press forward for the mark, for the prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus once again, don't run from Him. Don't look at the faults and failures of we who have come to know Him. We're under construction. We don't justify in any area that we fail to represent Him. We want to do better. We're trying to do better. By the help and grace of God, we're going to do better. But we're at work in the kingdom with our flaws and hang-ups. And part of that work is to tell you how much God loves you. Even if we haven't demonstrated it like we should, I want you to know today, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son not to lay in a manger, but to come begin His life in a manger here and go to the cross and stay on it till our sin debt was paid and we could be forgiven and sealed by the Holy Spirit for heaven in Jesus' name.